Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to Behind the Scenes at the Hanover Theater. This week on Behind the Scenes, we're taking a trip down Ventura Highway to hang out with singer, songwriter, and co-founder of the band America, Dewey Bunnell. Hey, Dewey. Hello, Ashley. Nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on. I know that America has come to the Hanover Theater before, and we are so excited to welcome you back to Worcester. Well, thanks a lot. Yeah, we are happy to be on the road again, and certainly great to come back to Worcester. Uh, we've always had a great time out there, so can't wait. And we can't wait to have you. So if any of our listeners are unfamiliar, Jerry Buckley and Dewey Bunnell, along with their former bandmate, uh, Dan Peek, met in high school in London in the late 60s and harmonized their way to the top of the charts with signature songs like A Horse With No Name. And before we jump into the nitty gritty of the details of America and um, what you love about your, you know, decades of hits, I would like to just just start with you and um, ask you what your what your fond memories are with America. Let's talk about your beginnings, the details of it. Sure. Well, they were fond and they are fond, and I I really love. Uh, my memories it's um it's a strange thing to to look back and see how much happened in our lives and try and pin down when and where and thing how things happened but basically it was great to be these american teenagers in london in the late 60s there with other american kids going to high school so we were sort of you know people out of water if you will uh, we were fish out of water and, and we were kind of, we bonded together during those times. Uh, you really stuck together, met a lot of British people and started to really enjoy the, the British lifestyle. But at the heart of it all, we were still these Americans, you know, our dads were in the Air Force. Mm -hmm. And and we just, we just were the three musketeers, you know, we really saw all this great music in London, went to all the shows and festivals and we had a high school band and we, that morphed into writing our own music and that turned into America. And we were so fortunate to the right place at the right time, as they say, meet, met the right people, but we just shared, it was a shared experience and it's over 50 years now. And um, it snowballed from there and virtually all the memories were good. Of course we had ups and downs and we've had, you know, down periods and tragedies and families and, a lot of life has been lived. I'm 70 now as of January, and I who I never would have thought I'd be looking at 70. And uh, But it's it's wonderful, and uh, it goes on and on. I mean, I could tick off all kinds of year after year of great musical experiences and babies born and grandchildren, whatever. It goes on and on. Life is what it is. We all experience it, and, and I have uh, no regrets. Right. And I, you guys are still friends, still making music together, still touring the world and thrilling your audiences with your timeless music. And um, I just have to know, who are your musical inspirations pre-America? Well, we talk about this a lot, and I think there's still inspirations. And I think there's, there's a thing about uh, all of us humans, regardless of our generation, something, something grabs us whatever it is, whatever art form, whatever thing, and, and, and music will do that to you, and it sort of anchors you. And so you look back at music, I think, from a time. And for us, 
for me, I'll just talk about me. Jerry and I pretty much agree, but we came from different places and things. I started off listening to a lot. Of, well, my, my mom and dad played music at the house and there was a lot of old stuff there, Elvis and, and uh, you know, what our parents listened to, which I still enjoy. But, but when I really started getting serious, it was like listening to surf music. Uh, there was a bands out on the West Coast instrumental music, The Ventures, Dick Dale and the Deltones. And then ultimately the Beach Boys became the crown, the jewel in the crown. And and Brian Wilson and those guys wrote so many great songs and produced so many great songs. And that that really triggers me uh, to this day to listen to any of that. And then the Beatles, and we were there in its formative years when the Beatles came on the scene and it changed everybody's life not just the generation of kids and young people, but I think it changed much more than that in many ways. It was a, it was, it brought Technicolor into your life and these lyrics and these, these musical arrangements and guitar sounds. And that opened up the whole British invasion and it went on and on. <laughs> but, but specifically, I think those writers, uh, the Beatles and the Beach Boys, but then I became very influenced by the, the singer-songwriters, Crosby, Souls and Nash. I've always been linked to Neil Young because I sounded like Neil, and um, and then, and we were in, we were right then writing our own songs. So, and I love Stephen Stills and uh, his songs and their vocal arrangements took it to another level because we just love singing harmony and harmony singing is this magical thing. If ever I'm I'm a realist, I don't really get too mystical or far out there but it, it goes without saying for me that when you put two or three voices together something different comes out and it's mm -hmm. a beautiful sound and everybody's voice is different they're like fingerprints so if you can get three voices or four voices or a choir that really strikes this this sound um, it's a special time and, and uh, you can't put a finger on why it is and it's kind of a magical thing. So there's where my magical definition would come in. So yeah. uh, Crosby, Stills and Nash definitely had that. I mean, those are spectacular recordings and uh, we were fortunate, you know, they were our heroes and we got to meet them and hang out with them. And we've worked with Stephen and Crosby and, uh, you know, it's a, it's a funny thing how our lot going back to what your first question was, the, the memories, those are early memories when the band, when we came to California and we were 20 years old and we'd already had a hit record under our belt and we were now in the big time and at the deep end of the pool and and uh, it was great. And and, and uh, so they're, they're inspirations. There's been many along the way. I love lots of, of artists, lots of songs, too many to check off right now, but those early ones are what really matter, those first impressions, those first things that grab you, you know. Right. And uh, when we're thinking about like the legacy of, of America, you know, everyone loves a horse with no name, Ventura Highway, you can do magic, a personal favorite. But uh, what is your favorite song to perform? Well, of those hits, I always say Ventura Highway because it still feels, feels fresh to me and sort of youthful and um, I love all of the early recordings because they basically the first sort of the first three albums are I blocked together almost. We were writing consistently and 
we were very prolific and we wake up every morning practically and start a song and want to bring it over to Jerry or Dan or let's work on this and that. So we were really had a full head of steam then. And then the George Martin years, George Martin, the Beatles producer, of course, uh, became our producer. And we did seven years, seven albums um, with George. So then there's that chunk of time. And then in, in that time, Dan left the band. So from that period on, it was just Jerry and I as a duo, if you will. And um, the albums after that were all over the board a little bit. We used different people, a couple of different producers. And that's the next phase. And so you can chunk it up, you know what I mean? But I love the first three albums. I love, I love, I can listen to those still, although I don't very much. I'm not, but when, when I do, I'm always reminded of uh, the sounds we were trying to get and some some we got and some we didn't you know <clears throat> sometimes i listen to them and go damn we could have done that better or, or i would have changed that or i would have changed this but you know they are what they are and those are our anchor albums but uh i mean i love uh, jerry's songs like of the hits again i have to separate out the hits because we have a lot of obscure album cuts that i I really love songs um, that people don't know so well. Song of Jerry's called Sarah was on our Harbor album. That's a beautiful song. Jerry writes all the kind of love songs or tends to write, not exclusively, but more of the love songs and the ballads and things. And um, I've got some songs that I wish uh, had gotten more attention. Uh, a song called Sleeper Train that I really like. And you can go on, on, on and on like that. But with the hits, uh, I like Jerry's Daisy Jane, Lonely People of Dan's was probably his biggest hit actually, but still one of his better songs that I, I really like. Dan wrote a lot of great stuff and he was a great guitar player. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, Ventura Highway, Sandman uh, from the first album is a fun song to play. We still do that. Um, the show, The show is predominantly the hits because we were lucky enough to have a lot of hits and people want to hear what they what they want to hear you know they don't want to hear a bunch of obscure stuff so we learned that lesson the hard way back in the day when we got sick of playing some of those songs and we take them out brashly thinking who needs to hear that anymore and of course half the people in the audience said well, hey we haven't heard it so so you do, you know, you have to weigh the pros and cons of the of the show and decide what songs you must play every night, and then the remainder you can, uh, you know, salt in different songs, take some out, take put some in, and so on. Right. I know. I know from um, our Facebook comments that people are getting really excited for America coming to the Hanover Theater on June fourth. And um, I think that you have some really big diehard fans coming. So I think that they will be absolutely pleased with hits and some of the more, um, you know, lesser known songs. Um, yeah, it's, it's a big part of the show. And I, I just quickly, I'm sorry to interrupt, Ashley, but yeah. just quickly, the show has really evolved. Uh, I mean, songs are songs. They are there. They have a life of their own. They stay young. We get old. But the show actually does evolve. And We've got a lot of um, video behind us now. Technology has taken us uh, to some different places and we're able to, to really enhance that show. So those other songs that I'm talking about, besides the ones everybody knows, 
they have features in the show that are are fun you know dynamics we have a great band our drummer bass player and lead guitar player slash keyboardist uh, are behind jerry and i they're all equally talented and super guys and uh their performances are are worth watching in in and of themselves so the show is i i'm very proud of the show and i think anybody who hasn't seen us will be surprised and anybody who has uh it's still keeping up the standards that we like to think we set you know years ago so yeah and i i um I noticed that America is popping up a little bit more in popular culture right now. I mean, A Horse With No Name was featured in Grand Theft Auto, Ventura Highways used in the theme song in a Saturday Night Live sketch called The Californians. <laughs> and I am begging, begging James Gunn to incorporate America in the next Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack because it just makes sense. Well, but um, what has really surprised you with, um, with things with songs that you wrote popping up now, um, having a resurgence, especially with like vinyl coming back. Yeah, well, vinyl is, is sort of blows my mind. I haven't played a vinyl record for years. I guess maybe I'm, that's sacrilege because now vinyl is back to such an extent. I don't even have a turntable. So I'm kind of one of those guys. I'm not going to go backwards, but I get, I remember vinyl. I grew up on vinyl, still have a lot of vinyl albums. But um, as far as that, things being placed that's out of our control and it's always a big unknown and a surprise and it comes it's licensing you can anybody can license something you have to pay for it of course but uh mm -hmm. you can put it you know barring it being in something that we would simply not want to support or be part of nobody turns down licensing deals especially in in big shows and things but so over the years yeah i remember horse with name in the breaking bad series was great the episode was actually even called horse with no name in spanish mm. and, and things you know a friend's episode or um being in movies um american hustle things like that it's really great but you just kind of look at it from afar and uh, people tell you hey i saw i heard your song in this or that um it's really special and it uh, it's a good feeling it doesn't yeah. I, like i say it's we've already done the recording <laughs> we've already written the song so it's just this bonus thing that happens yeah I, I can imagine i i don't know how i would feel if i was like watching a movie and a song that i wrote just like popped up in the middle of it so um yeah. i think that's just i think it's really special um it is yeah. so yeah we we put out some feelers for some questions from america fans and uh, I have one question from Dave Garofalo, um, and he says, 10 of, your or 10 of your 18 studio albums begin with the letter H, and you have an album titled Silent Letter. Is there significance to the letter H, and is, there a, is the silent letter the letter H? Well, yes, the silent letter is the H. Bingo, you get the bonus prize. <laughs> that, was, that was one of the last uh, records, at least at that phase that we did um, and we were trying to phase out the H's but the H's started organically by themselves the first album was technically just called America but Horse With No Name was the big hit and they subsequently started press printing that on the cover with the with the America band name so that was kind of an H the second album was Homecoming which was us coming back from England to the U.S. so it was technically our it was our homecoming the third album, Hat Trick, 
of course, three in a row, the, the sporting term or whatever. So those three came by themselves. And then when we made the fourth album, that was the first one that George Martin produced. And we went back to England to do it. And we started thinking, somebody had already pointed out the H thing. And we said, well, well, let's keep that going. So it was kind of a gimmick. But we tried always to make the H title in some way, you know, apply to the project. In the case of Holiday, which was the fourth album, the first George Martin album, some of your listeners may know that uh, the British term for vacation is a holiday. We're going on holiday. We always think of holiday as, you know, whatever, Christmas or the 4th of July or something. But um, so it was a holiday. We were going back to England. We were making this record. So it was kind of like our version of a vacation. And then Hideaway was an album we made up in the mountains of Colorado Rockies uh, at the Caribou Ranch. And Harbor was in Hawaii. And Hearts was in San Francisco. George Martin liked to um, record in different locations. So that was fun. And so the H stuck. And we've done we've done others in recent times. There's one called Here and Now. I can't even think of them all, Ashley. But there's a few other H's. But we don't. It's not locked in in stone anymore. Yeah. Well, that's great question, Dave. If you're listening. Yeah, Dave. Good question. And you got the silent letter. Bingo. Bingo. Uh, our next question is from Lloyd Noel. He would like to know if you could travel back in time and talk to those high school kids, young Dewey, what would you tell him? Uh, that's great to see you again, man. Uh, <laughs> keep your publishing. <laughs> uh, the music, you know, you make, you learn from mistakes in life. Theoretically, sometimes we just keep repeating them. I'm, I've been a, that's been the case with me in many cases, but um I don't know. I think I wouldn't change a lot. I think uh, life, you just deal with life as it comes along. I, I wouldn't, I'm certainly grateful and it still surprises me how our band managed to get such traction and, and stay together this long and keep doing it. We were very, we always marvel at that. Jerry and I, we still can't, uh, we keep wondering when it's going to dry up. Nobody's going to buy a ticket to a show and nobody's going to play the next song. And, and it'll be easy to decide that's it, you know, <laughs> but I wouldn't change it. You know, you, you can't, you can't have regrets really. I mean, that's just the way you, you go through life and there's, <clears throat> I'm healthy enough to be grateful for everything. Yeah. I mean, this has been, this has been very eye-opening to be able to actually speak with you today. I know that your music kind of speaks for itself at some points, but it's really great to hear all of this backstory and all of this history that comes from, you know, the legacy of America. Oh, and thanks. So, yeah. Thank um, you very much. Yeah, it's been, it's been good. I probably should have mentioned a little bit more when you asked about influences and, and the early years that we did, we did have a nice gang of people that we were around, uh, when we were in the offices of Geffen and Roberts, when we came back from England, made the second album, David Geffen became our manager and the Eagles were just starting and Jackson Brown and uh, JD Souther, Linda Ronstadt, Joni Mitchell, all these great writers and singers and they were big influences. And then we were able to be influenced in real time. I just wanna add that addendum to what I said earlier because there's many chapters and I was thinking about it. That was a, 
a great time working there and being with all those artists. Absolutely. And I, I completely understand that, you know, inspiration comes from everywhere at, at every time. So, um, I mean, I, we're just so excited to have you back in Worcester on June 4th at 8 p.m. It's a Saturday. So have wonderful weekend plans, you know, go out, get some lunch, hang out with your friends and family, and then come and enjoy this amazing concert. Now, Absolutely. before we wrap up for today, um, Dewey, do you have any parting words for our audiences? Well, I'd say come to the Hanover Theater. Uh, we're looking forward to seeing you, and I hope you're looking forward to seeing us. Parting words, just uh, keep on keeping on. Uh, these are tough times in many ways, but there's still a lot of beauty and goodness in life. And I would say, look at that and keep going forward. And love from America. <laughs> Excellent parting words. Now, everyone, if you're looking for your tickets, you haven't gotten them yet, head to thehanovertheater.org. We still have great seats available in all price levels. So head to our website, or give us a call and we'd be happy to help you find your perfect seat. Now, thank you everyone for tuning in today and we'll see you next week with more behind the scenes.